Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 130, Occult Portals, interview with Michaela Johnson. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know about. And we've got a very special guest to introduce to you in just a moment, but I want to first give you a shout out that this episode is going to be sponsored by Our Seekers, premium podcast subscribers. Thank you all so much for subscribing. And just remember, we cover your your uh, support in this ministry to subscribe, and hopefully you'll appreciate the bonus content, but we just want you to know that you're, uh, you're supporting a ministry, so your prayers are coveted. Anything that you can give, we appreciate very much. Yeah, thank you guys. You are pushing the message out there. Absolutely. And now, without further ado, I want to introduce you to our very special guest today. Michaela Johnson is in her her own words, an impresario of life. And by the way, I loved that you put that in your profile. Impresario is such a cool thing. Uh, she is a psychotherapist, an aviator, which that impresses me, I think, yeah. above a lot. <laughs> She's an author and a podcast host herself. She has a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism Communications, a Master of Arts in Psychology, and is a California State Licensed Psychotherapist. Her podcast is Be You Find Happy, and she has numerous best-selling books available on her website, as well as guided meditations and therapy sessions and services and resources are available. But Michaela has an amazing story to share about how she found her way out of the New Age deception and discovered real life in Jesus Christ. And she has graciously agreed to share her personal story here with us today. Michaela, welcome to Bible Mysteries. Thank you, guys. I am so happy and excited and nervous to be here this morning. I don't normally get nervous doing these things, but I have to tell you, this is the first time that I'm going to be sharing this story in its entirety, and uh, it's got me a little angsty for certain. Well, listen, I, I pray God give you the grace to get through it, because when you shared it to me in writing and I read it, I was stunned. And it's it's not... Um, 
it's not the first time I've seen things like this, but it always is astounding to read how deeply involved people get without even realizing how connected they are. So I thank God for your willingness to come on the show today and share your testimony. And there's nothing to be nervous about. I mean, I heard your credentials. You are way smarter than myself. Uh, oh, me too. Scott's smarter We're way out me. of our league here I today. Think you blow both of us away. <laughs> so it's like talking to a couple five-year-olds, actually. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Michaela, um, I want to um, tell you that I know there's going to be other people listening today. Uh, well, when this episode is aired, that can relate to what you're going to share. So let's dive into it, because you mentioned in, in what you wrote to me that you started in the New Age movement with a simple vision board. And of course, that's a term I'm not familiar with, and maybe some of our listeners aren't either. So what is a vision board, and, and what did it do? Yeah, so all of these things, as we start to to talk about it, are going to connect, and you'll see how they become very interwoven. Uh, so I met a gal outside of college, and uh, she seemed to kind of have like this beautiful life, and everything was going for her exactly as she wanted it to go. And we started to connect and hang out, and uh, soon she started to do readings on me and realized that I had some a special gift, and I know we're going to get into that in a little bit. And so she had suggested, come over for a glass of wine, and we'll do a vision board. And I want to say that I, I still adore this person, and I don't think that she understands um, the ways in which she's being used. And so I have a lot of um, empathy and hope in my own life for this person. But she introduced me to a vision board, which is where you literally cut out a bunch of photos from magazines, things like that. And you put them on um, an eight, you know, like a poster board, and then you hang it up in your room. And she started to tell me, you know, about things like manifestation and that, uh, you know, if you kind of meditate on these things, you can create your destiny and that you can, um, it, it, the universe will provide for you if you start to manifest your reality. And, you know, people that have been in the new age will understand these terms and it seems really harmless at first. And so in the first year that I had this vision board or this dream board, as we call it, I literally manifested every single one of the photos so much. So in fact, that I actually shared this to my social media at the time was Facebook. And I said, look, my dream board came true. This is amazing. I can help you manifest your reality. I can help you oh. create your destiny. And I, that's how I started, but that's also how I started influencing other people. So other people were like, well, I want to do a vision board. So I started having small parties at my house to help people create these vision boards. And it's a really deceptive entry into, hmm. into the world that you're going into. You don't even realize what you're starting to tap into by this really kind of lighthearted, oh, I'm just putting a poster board up on my wall of the things I want to create. Yeah. You know, you say that, and, and it makes me think we discussed um, portals like mm -hmm. spiritual portals that can be opened through things like a Ouija board, which yeah. which is marketed as a game for children, but yeah. in reality has an occult beginning and, and a source. It, would you say that's the similar thing here with the vision board? 
Yeah. And I think everything that we're going to talk about, I'll demonstrate is a portal. And I think people have no idea when they're opening these portals, even things like sage, like white sage. I can't tell you how many times I white saged my house and did rituals and ceremonies around windows and doors to think that I was protecting myself from evil spirits. And a lot of the things that are created in the new age, so new age, occult, uh, Helena Blavatsky, Ant Anton LaVey, all these, they were satanic and how they began. Yeah suddenly your feed froze. So maybe go out and come back in. Wi-Fi can be really weird sometimes. We got huge bandwidth here, but who knows? The the, the powers that be oh, <laughs> are the I prince of the power of the air. Nothing to do with Wi-Fi. It's got to do with the powers. <laughs> we got a spiritual battle happening right here. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, to be honest, guys, like I started, um, the morning after my um, my incident that we're going to talk about, I took notes on my phone. I called a few people. And um, anyway, I went to look for that this morning so that I could really kind of refresh my memory on my own experience of what happened. Cannot find it anywhere. I even wrote in my physical journal, which I have today, that I took a note on my phone and that I printed it. And I cannot find this thing anywhere. So anyways, these things don't surprise me at all. Not at all. And uh, for those of you that are watching this episode, um, we just had a glitch, which may not be the only one we have today. Uh, but we're not at all surprised that maybe the the uh, minions of the enemy are uh, trying to interfere with this. But uh, Michaela, you were talking about um, the the vision board and how it's a portal into a, and that really it's connected to the occult with Helena Plavatsky, with Anton LaVey, Aleister Crowley, all of that, correct? Yes. And it's, and it's all, and what I said is it's incredibly deceptive in that they intentionally created things that would be used to protect you from evil spirits, but actually mm -hmm. open you to them. And that is what I've learned. And, uh, you know, so it's so deceptive. It's so tricky and it's so quick how yeah. it happens. And I think that's, what's really important. I was mentioning the white sage and things like that. And all of these things you're taught as a new ager are to protect you from the very thing that it is allowing into your sphere. Wow. Yeah. And I never would have thought, I don't even know what white sage is, but so essentially there are herbs that help to facilitate or uh, interact with these spirits. Right. Absolutely. Especially when they're used in certain ways. And I think this is an important thing that we're going to talk about at some point in this podcast episode is that, you know, I've had a lot of people that reached out to me since I started sharing things and they'll say things like, well, crystals are, you know, God put on the earth. How are they bad? Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that people know, you know, these things in and of themselves are not bad. It's how they're used. And that's yes. where it gets messy. That's a really great point because that's worshiping the creation rather than the creator. Amen. And I think it's amazing what you said, Michaela, also about um, the, like the vision board. You made it sound like such an amazing thing. Like I put all these things on this board and then I just meditated on those things and then they started coming true. Well, if you start telling that to other people, that sounds fantastic to me, right? But Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Sorry. That's right. Um, and that's exactly what's happening here, right? He's using almost like protect yourself from me by using these things when all people need to do is go to the Bible and dwell on yeah. God. And then this this will happen for them. But he's he's misleading people and people are looking for answers. Yeah. 
You know, so I, I just think that's amazing. You know what it reminded me of when you said that, um, Michaela, we we don't count the book of Enoch as scripture, but I think it's historically significant. Right. And in there is an account of, in Genesis 6, when the the angels, the fallen angels, took the wives of the daughters of men, one of the things the book of Enoch says is they taught them antimony and uh, alchemy and the use of basically herbs and, and, and drugs and things. And I, so while, yes, those things were planted on the earth, metallurgy, you know, uh, the stars, God created the stars, but they taught them astrology. So it's the, it's the perversion of created items, not the things themselves yeah. that are, are demonic. These crystals too is such a big deal with young people right now. I mean, I, they were never, when I was a, a teenager, yeah. young person, no one was holding crystals and sleeping by crystals and I don't even know what you do with them honestly. Probably not in Texas, but they probably were in other places. Uh, well maybe yeah. especially where I grew up, right? <laughs> but um I, I just think it's really amazing that you brought that up because and maybe kind of expand on it a little bit, what they're used for. What do they do? Because it, it from what I understand it's about vibrations or something, right? Right. Right. So there's so many things. And, uh, you know, I, I one of the things I was praying about when I was going to be coming on this podcast was I wanted to be so careful that I didn't, you know, promote these things through right. the way that I'm sharing them because I'm so afraid of that. But, you know, it's not just crystals. It's and in our day, in my day, it was the horoscopes in the Cosmo magazine. Yeah. Right. You, you mentioned astrology. I had a quarterly reading with my astrologer. I had a quarterly reading with a numerologist. I mean, these were things that I was literally using to guide my everyday life. And I would make all sorts of excuses for it when like my parents who are very Christian would push back on me and say, you're not allowed to do that. It says in the Bible, you can't do that. And I would say, how do you think the three wise men found their way to the manger? How do you think they did that? Oh, okay. Stars guided them, right? So I would use these things and I would say, the wise men were astrologers. How can you tell me I can't use this? Now I have a whole different knowing and understanding. As a matter of fact, as I was trying to find the email to myself and the printed documents of my experience that day, I found the, the day that morning I canceled my astrology readings as well. Wow. And so it's amazing how much stuff I just shed right away. But as you and I talked, Scott, before this podcast, it wasn't until very recently that I believe I've rid myself of everything. And um, yes. it, so, you know, the crystals, they're one of the things, John, that I had not entirely gotten rid of, actually. Okay. I had purchased a very expensive tourmaline from a moon shop and, uh, in Tahoe, and I could not get rid of it back when my first experience happened. For whatever reason, I kept this thing. Yeah. And yeah. I've come to learn that that was still providing a very intense portal and a very intense gateway. The way I used it was with tarot. So I used it to cleanse my tarot cards. Um, to mm. do readings and and what is a tourmaline? Uh, so <laughs> it's a it's an incredibly beautiful stone. Okay. Uh, it can be purple and green. Um, it's a it's a crystal of sorts. OK, and gotcha. And it's used to protect you from evil spirits, right? right? These, are, these are the things that we gather and bring in and we cleanse and we create these rituals around them. And we think that they're protecting us. A lot of people will put them on their chest, their heart center to create vibration and heal themselves from ailments and things like this. And, you know, these are the very sneaky ways in which 
we start to find ourselves, you know, it's the, it's the mala beads that we're wearing on our, uh, or the chakra bracelet that we have all these little things that are very glittery and attractive and fun and pretty. And, and that's the ways in which we open portals. We don't even realize. That, that's fascinating. Uh, in fact, you know, um, you shared with me that you did yoga uh, and you were meeting people through that who seemed to have you know all this power and uh, they had the lives they wanted, the homes they wanted, and yet and, and that they were guiding you uh, to to reach your own potential. Do you think yoga itself is also a, a portal or a gateway into new age occult practices? Yeah. So when I, when I started, right, I, I was, I did stretch and flex in college. And then right after college, I was, like I said, introduced to this woman who brought me to her yoga studio. She had a yoga studio. She had a beautiful home on the mountains in San Diego, overlooking the ocean. And I was doing hot yoga. So, you know, you're, you're kind of putting your whole body into this very different space in terms of, um, your mental state, because you're so hot that you're almost like lacking in oxygen, mm. uh, becoming dehydrated often. And you start to kind of have these really, um, you know, almost ethereal experiences just from, just from the conditions of the room. And so that was called Bikram yoga that I was doing at the time. Um, but, you know, really I, I realized the ways in which the yoga studio was a huge portal for people who were seeking community. They were seeking exercise. You know, yoga is a way to make your body incredibly toned, incredibly fit. I was someone who struggled a lot with and still have my own stuff surrounding self-confidence and my, my body image and things like that. So living in liberal California, you know, right outside of the indoctrination of college and then I get swooped up into this yoga community mm. and everybody's glamorous everybody's fit everybody's wearing cute yoga clothes and you know eating holistically and doing all the things and they're preaching things like peace and love and acceptance and I had spent years leaving Christ and the church that I grew up in because of purgatory and shame and all these other things. And here I'm running into this community of people that are like, we love everybody. Come be yeah. with us. You know, everyone is welcome in this space and all these things that they promote. And then I had these physical experiences within my body, stretching and flexing. And I think body movement is a very important part of human, you know, we need to move our bodies. So yeah, I we're designed that. to move. Right. And so this is the way I think a lot of this stuff ties into the more global elite agenda where weaken you, make you sick, sit you on your couch, have you stare at a television screen. You know, they they did that. So we feel that kind of gluttonous yuck. And, 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 and we stopped moving our bodies. And so then you have these people that are being called into this community space that are exercising and they're feeling that. And I know a lot of people, um, after starting my extraction from the new age that, uh, were yoga studio owners, you know, yoga teachers, and now they have come to Christ and they're struggling with, can I still even practice yoga? Can I put on enough armor of God? to be in this space. Right. And a lot of them are calling it breath work and body movement and they're finding their own way. People that I adore that are near and dear to me. And I would never want to judge somebody who's finding community in that. But I do know for a fact, I cannot go back 
to a yoga studio. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. I think there's two. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned um, you left the church you grew up in because of teachings like purgatory. I, I truly believe that the church is not doing a good job of promoting the peace and the grace and the uh, and the the things that we need to feel. And uh, through it's I really it's almost feels like Satan infiltrated church to promote some sort of doctrine to drive people away into his open, loving arms, you know, uh, through this kind of mechanism you're talking about. And uh, and as a result of the church not doing what we should be doing, people, especially young people, are looking for answers in a false Jesus, you know, a, a false deception. Absolutely. And so to wrap up the yoga concept, once you start getting into it, you get deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's not just taking a yoga class. Pretty soon you're doing kundalini yoga. You're working with your energy and all of your energy chakras. And kundalini is quite literally the serpent up the spine. I mean, if you start looking into this stuff, you realize exactly what you're manipulating, exactly what you're doing. But a lot of people don't realize that you're just getting better at doing yoga. So then you start doing more and more yoga. You start doing more and more intense yoga. And then pretty soon the yoga you were doing before, it's kind of like alcohol, right? It's not giving you that same high that you got. So you're going deeper and deeper and deeper into all these different levels of yoga. And so that's a big part of it too. But to your point, to bring it back to the church. Yeah. I mean, and no fault to my parents because they're the ones now, right. Who are helping me find my way back. Um, I can remember an argument that we had when I was very much in the new age. And um, my dad was like, you're worshiping false idols. You know, you've got a Buddha statue next to your bed. You doing yoga, that's Hindu, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I read an amazing book by Tishnat Han, who's a Buddhist monk called Living Buddha, Living Christ. Like they, you know, they're, they're all master teachers. And I was making these arguments to my parents they at when I was young, you know, had brought me up in the church. My whole family is Christian. And I felt so yelled at all the time. Like, you're going to go to hell. If you do this, you're going to hell, you know, and I still struggle with some of that, but I don't see it in the way I used to. And I'm finding my own way. And I think that's the most important part of this. Um, the places that I found now and your podcast was one of the first places that I came to leaving the new age. Um, I had a client actually who was seeing, I think my struggles ironically. And she said, I think you'll find something very interesting in this podcast. And she sent me your podcast. And and so that was, please thank that client for us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so um, anyway, I happened to be leaving on a road trip the day after I had that session with her. And she's like, it's really fascinating. Like the way he talks about Adam and Eve. And I think that you'll find something in it. And because you seem open-minded is what she said. And I was like, okay. And so I went on this road trip with my son and I started with, you know, the seed of the woman and all this. And at first I'm like, Ooh, is this a little inappropriate for him? And then I was like, no, he's an old soul, you know? And we listened to like, I don't know, 20 of your episodes or something back in oh. And yeah. And it was like, I was like, wow, where was this when I was young? You know, where was this stuff? Wow. This is fascinating. I mean, you can't touch Harry Potter with the truth. You know? That's true. 
That's true, yeah. Mikael. That's the way I feel about the truth in the Bible. It reads like an, a, a fascinating fantasy novel when you truly understand it. And you're right, it's better than anything Harry Potter can come up with. Well, praise God that you you found us. Um, and, and I do want to tell you, and I was going to mention this to you uh, personally anyway, but another thing I do is like a Sunday morning message, and there's an app called UTB Now. Uh, unlock the Bible now. That's the website, utbnow.com. But I do more of a Sunday morning kind of thing uh, that's not quite as cool as what we do in the podcast, but it's more edifying and it's more, you know, a spiritual growth type thing. So feel free to take advantage of that too if you feel like there's anything useful in that. That's just a free app you can download uh, and listen to those messages. And that, what the reason I mentioned that though is because of what you just said. Where was this when I was younger, you know, growing up? And I feel like that's the niche we're trying to feel is that Again, it's back to churches are not doing what they should be doing. They're great at maybe the praise and worship stuff and the, and the emotional and the song, but they're not getting people grounded and fed in the inner spiritual need. So um, I'm I'm so grateful that you did decide to listen to that client's uh, suggestion, and and praise God you found something in it that could help you. Um, and and so really, you, having grown up as a Christian, would you say that this helped you renew your faith, or did you really just establish your faith more recently? Tell me, what would you characterize that? Um, no, I had like outrightedly condemned Jesus Christ. Okay. Outrightly. Yeah, no, so this wasn't a, I feel renewed. I mm. had completely left the new age. I was full-blown practicing Wicca. Um, I didn't mm. call it witchcraft then. I know now that it was witchcraft and right. I know what it drew into my life. And my coming back to Christ was very, um, the moment when I completely abolished everything else was instant. It was an instant crying out for Jesus yeah. and going back to my childhood roots in a moment where I was done for. And yeah. I think it sounds dramatic. It sounds extreme, but I've, I've told people, look, you could hook me up to a lie detector. You could put me in front of a firing squad and I will not backpedal on what I have said because this is my truth. I lived this and no mm -hmm. one can take it away from me. And so, you know, I know we're going to get to that, but so much there that I'm happy to share about why. Amen. Well, I say all this because um, sometimes people say they, they grew up in a Christian home and they had established a, uh, a a relationship with the Lord and then renewed it later. But you really never had one. Uh, you rebelled early. And it's funny that you said, uh, you used a term and I forgot what you just said, but it was an instant is what you referred to. And it made me think of... Um, I know that there's a Christian terminology sometimes that have been used, maybe not so much today, but it used to be, or are you saved? That's the question, are you saved? And I remember a preacher that used to say, I don't ask people when they got saved, I ask them when they got lost. Because <laughs> you can't get saved until you're lost. Yeah. And I think it sounds like you came to a realization, I'm lost. I, I need to know Christ. I, I need to get away from this. Is, is that kind of what you're experiencing here, that you came to that realization that you needed a Savior? I came to the realization that I was going to hell. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, and 
that was a very humbling on my knees experience because I thought I was a good person. Yeah. And I think that's where the new age is so deceptive and so tricky. And everybody, you know, I thought I was a light worker. I thought I was being an empath and ascending and helping people and doing Mm. all these good things. And my work as a psychotherapist and through my workshops and through my podcast and through all these self-help books I was writing and publishing and they were hitting bestsellers lists. And I'm thinking, Oh, I'm, I'm doing the good work. I'm a good person. And that's when I realized, uh, uh-uh. do you have an opinion on how to speak to people who, who feel like they are doing the right thing and they're using vision boards and they're helping other people and everything's light, right? Everything is great, but they're using crystals and the, and the sage and all these things to fight off, but they, because this is very common, I believe, especially with young people that are uh, ta- or messing around with new age stuff. And we see those people come to us all the time. And I think, feel like there's so many of our listeners that have this experience with people that they know. Yeah. How do you talk to these people to show them that, hey, you're being deceived here? And it, this is going to spiral out of control because it sounds like with you, it started there and it spiraled all the way down into Wicca and then maybe got worse. I don't know. But do you have an opinion on how to talk to people? Well, so, you know, it's interesting because one of the questions was, how has my psychology practice changed? And I can kind of touch on this in this context that, you know, for me, um, what I know to be true in my own personal experience is that any comment of Jesus or anything like that was an outward rejection, right? So the demons within would not even allow that. And if you watch a lot of these things like the halftime shows and all of the ways in which um, Satanism is being promoted. And remember, Satanism and New Age occult, they are the same. They're one and the same. Um, They outrightedly attack and mock Jesus Christ. There's no attack against Hinduism. There's no attack against Buddhism, right? There's no attack against all these other religions. It's only Jesus Christ. Well, why do you think that is, right? Mm -hmm. And when you start to realize that, you see, well, they're attacking Christ because that is exactly what this is about. That's what this spiritual war is about. All the other things are part of the lineage of the satanic occult, and yeah. so, you know, when you when you start to realize that you 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 know that then coming at somebody who's in the new age with anything Jesus, no matter how far they are, is going to be met with outward rejection. And so, one of the things that I've started to realize as a psychotherapist is that our mental health system is also infiltrated. Our medical system is also yes. integrated. And you've seen this with doctors that have tried to speak out against certain things lately, right? Um, they've had their Jordan Peterson, he's a psychologist. He's had his medical license stripped of him yeah. because he is speaking out. And so, you know, for me, it's like I can't have someone sitting on my couch and talking about Buddhism and say, oh, no, no, I can't do that. Um, number one, they, they will they will strip us of our ability to do what we're doing. So if we speak out against anything that is being done right now, we will be removed from our ability to continue to help people. Hmm. And so there are a lot of therapists who are coming out now that are starting to have some words about this and are starting to feel empowered to kind of fight the system. But, you know, for me, there were, when I was in the new age, I was really connected to Tish Nhat Hanh. Uh, he's a Buddhist monk. I was recommending books like You Are Here. 
every area of mental health is completely tied into this. I mean, if you just look at the roots of mindfulness and you start to kind of dive into that, you'll start to see it's all new age occult. I mean, mm. we're, we're out there talking about mindfulness, mindfulness scientifically, right? We're talking about meditation. It's all about ascending and vibing up and becoming 5G um, or 5D rather, which is like this whole whole thing in the new age community. So it's completely infiltrated in, in every single way. I can remember one time. Um, and so it doesn't go, it goes one direction, but not the other. So I can recommend mindfulness stuff and Sanskrit meditation coloring books. And I can recommend things that are outrightly the church of Scientology, but mm -hmm. I will not talk about Jesus Christ or I will have my license stripped of me. Is that right? Unless I am outrightly saying I am a Christian counselor who is helping someone in, in Christianity, but we're not allowed to do that. Like we are forbidden by the BBS, the Board of Behavioral Sciences says you're not allowed to share these things. If you would like to hear the entire interview with Michaela Johnson, be sure to become a premium podcast subscriber where you'll have access to full interviews as well as other bonus content. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.